The following is a production of the Phoenix Studios Podcast Network here at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. For more podcasts, be sure to visit uwgb.edu forward slash podcasts. This is Serious Serious Fun. Hello and welcome to another episode of Serious Fun. As always, I am your host, freshly back from a hiatus I wasn't really planning on taking, but here we are. Uh, my name is Dr. Brian Carr, and uh, today on Serious Fun, we're trying to go where the young people are as part of a potentially ill-fated effort to try to enhance the audience we have. Uh, and the young people are on anime, as it turns out. And so if you're listening to this, there's a strong likelihood you already know what anime is. And at the risk of sounding like one of those archaic Today Show clips where they try to incredulously explain what the internet is or something, anime is essentially the catch-all term for animation that originates in Japan. So far, so good? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Uh, once a niche interest for those with the money to drop 30 to $40 on a VHS tape containing two episodes of a show, the mainstream has taken notice of anime in a big way uh, and has become more popular than ever. Famous series like Dragon Ball Z, Cowboy Bebop, Attack on Titan, and My Hero Academia attract fans all over the world, and even people you wouldn't expect are in on the action, say, for example, Green Bay Packers defensive tackle Mike Daniels, who famously wore his Dragon Ball Z cosplay to conventions and in a segment on the NFL Network. I actually did it at Powers Comics. Shout out to Powers Comics if they're listening. I don't know if they are. Probably not. It's big business, too. Streaming giant and chief Netflix competitor Hulu just inked a first-look deal with anime distributor Funimation that will add 600 shows to their service and give them the first chance at U.S. streaming rights to other shows. Anime specialist uh, streaming platform Crunchyroll invested over $100 million in royalties to create a one-stop shop for fans to enjoy their favorite shows and discover new ones. And last year, Netflix pledged $8 billion to develop 30 new anime series and made waves with announcements of live-action remakes of other popular series like Cowboy Bebop, and uh, they just also acquired Neon Genesis Evangelion, one of the all-time classic anime series. To top it off, manga, the word for Japanese comics, regularly outsell comics giants like Marvel and DC at bookstores and comic shops. To put it simply, anime is huge. And if you're not sure what any of this means uh, or why it's worth considering as a unique art form, or you might have some potentially preconceived notions about what anime is, you're in luck because joining me today are two guests, two students from the Anime Club at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. Please introduce yourselves. Um, my name is Singi Dow, and I am uh, president of Anime Club. Okay, and who is with you? Hi, um, I am Jake Hempfner. Uh, I ran Anime Club for two and a half years, and whenever I get into any sort of topic, I like to deep dive into it, so I know way more about anime than anyone ever should. Okay, <laughs> well that'll be very, very helpful here, because I'm going to start off by asking, I always like to start off by asking folks, like, what brings you to the thing you're interested in, and the things you're here to talk about today, so I'm going to ask each of you the question and give me your own answer. What got you into anime? Oh gosh, um, I grew up watching anime, um, or I didn't even know it was called anime, it was just like you know dragon ball z uh sailor moon pokemon where i'm like oh yeah it's just cartoons i watch on saturday morning or late at night when i'm not supposed to be up um so i actually grew up with it if anything really uh was there another question to it no that was was the big question it's just like what got you into it so like you just like flipping through channels one day and 
this you see Dragon Ball uh, or Sailor Moon or yeah, like my siblings would be watching it and I would be watching it with them. Okay, it's just kind of another cartoon like all the other cartoons on Cartoon Network at the time. Mm-hmm. So that's where you watched it primarily was Cartoon Network because they were of course one of the big sort of early champions of anime in the West. Yeah, um, Cartoon Network and there was a company called Four Kids that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, right over a lot of shows, they heavily edited them for oh, the yeah. American. What shows audience. did they bring over? Um, there was Yu Gi Oh that they brought over. They there was some other. Yeah, there's a ones. lot. Um, Digimon maybe. Uh, Ultimate did do, Muscle. Did they do Pokemon? Was that theirs? Cubic. Um, they had that for a while. Yes. Okay. They did that was like the change of the rice ball into a donut. <laughs> yeah, but then yeah, and that's kind of a common thing in a lot of uh, certainly early adaptations of anime is a lot of kind of localization aimed at mm-hmm. making it make more sense to the American audience or potentially tamping down potentially controversial topics or aspects. I know like Dragon Ball, there's, there's I remember like there was a web page that would show you like frame by frame all the differences between one episode to another, and mm-hmm. a lot of it was just cut down because they're like, okay, either people in America aren't going to get this or they're going to be offended by it, so we're going to change it. Yeah, that was yeah. really common um, prior to the advent of the internet and internet streaming, such as Crunchyroll and things like that. That was pretty common. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, a lot of people are really like opting for the raw Japanese sure. experience, and so they really try keep, to not... Yeah, keeping it pure down. was actually what a lot of people really liked, and like, oh, they actually really like this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. maybe we'll keep it. <laughs> so what do you think, with, like, what's kind of the... the, the the bright line or the change, like where people kind of go from, all right, so the people making this stuff are like, okay, hey, there is actually a market for this that is interested in the shows as presented in their original form versus, hey, we need to make this make sense so we can uh, put it on TV. Um, I think a decent part of it is just how um, anime has just grown more and more in popularity in the mm-hmm. recent decades. Like Funimation hit it off with Dragon Ball when they brought that over who knows when the 80s or 90s um and it's just been kind of going up and up since then Mm -hmm. um and the more and more that they've found their market here and they've found an audience for it and people have like become accustomed to it the more that they're more (laughs) going for (laughs) yeah um because certainly, this, these are not the first anime that got brought over. If you go back to the 50s, Astro oh, Boy yeah. was airing on American Definitely. television. Yeah. Um, you had, uh, you know, uh, stuff like, uh, I forget what it was called, Gachaman, I think was brought over as Battle of the Planets and that kind of thing. Um, so, th- But certainly, it was nowhere near as widespread as it is mm-hmm. now. And it's not probably till like stuff like Pokemon and Dragon Ball that it really starts to change, right? Yeah. And a big part of it as well is like the older shows such as like Gachaman and... Um, I don't know how much about Astro Boy, but like some of those older shows were definitely very much changed to be, mm-hmm. become a lot more Americanized. Um, same with Power Rangers, too, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, definitely. Well, I think so. that with Power Rangers, it was a question of, okay, this they, they, they bought the rights to all this Japanese show, and mm-hmm. they're like, okay, we're just going to take the fight scenes and all the special effects <laughs> and just chop those out and edit those out and then just make like a teen drama around them. <laughs> and so like it's going to cost us nothing to make this show. Yeah. Right? And uh, that was kind of the secret genius of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is that that was not what that show was originally. And, mm-hmm. it's, um, and it's incredible because the, uh, the, the version of that show that got made for a Western audience kind of became its own thing. Mm-hmm. And then like, they eventually ran out of shows, I think, wasn't it? Like they eventually ran out of Japanese shows to, to pull from. So actually I just start filming their own yeah, material. Yeah. And, yeah. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so what, 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 why join an anime club? Like what about, uh, the, the, uh, experience of anime, um, makes you think I'm going to seek out other people that are also into this. Like what, what's the attracting factor there? For me, um, I think it kind of changes once the leadership, whenever there's a new leadership, Mm -hmm. I guess that's the best way I can phrase it. Um, Jake can probably uh, mention his side of it. But for me, uh, what I wanted to do when I took over was I wanted to create a safe place mm-hmm. where people who share the same fandom of Japanese animation can come together and enjoy watching these things together as a group. Like it's a nice social gathering, a nice place that it's a safe place. And uh, for me, that was a way for me to like meet right other new other people that like the same thing as me. Um, like a lot of people that are in it are have come from different backgrounds, different majors. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't matter because mm-hmm. we all like the same thing, anime. Mm-hmm. And like with that common share interest allows us to be able to connect and, and uh, get along with other people. And uh, along the lines of that, like it's just a whole new experience of itself. Yeah. I mean, anime, like despite how popular it's become, is still a pretty niche thing overall. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so it's not easy to find other people well depending it's becoming more and more easier but for a time it was not easy to find other people it was just like hey mm-hmm. you you've seen the same stuff i do you mm-hmm. actually like the same stuff you right. know okay so and this, so this is kind of a way to kind of uh especially when you come to college and like because i remember being in a similar scenario where it's like okay i don't know anybody around me who likes the same video games i do right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like yeah. I, I can't find anybody to play street fighter with uh-huh. um but you know coming to college is like okay hey there are people who are interested in this stuff or have yes. some familiarity with it and so like especially coming from a small town it was it was this exciting thing where it's like okay i'm in college now there are other weirdos just like me let's all <laughs> have weirdo fun together right yeah mm-hmm. definitely Okay, so it's, it's it's a pretty universal experience, regardless of what you're into. <laughs> yes. I think. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, so, what sort of things do you do in an anime club? Um, with hence the name anime, you watch anime. You sure. get to hang out with other people who like anime. How much anime do you watch? Like, is there? Do you go through a series at a time? Like, how many episodes would you watch in a weekly? Is it like a weekly meeting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we meet once a week. Um, I think they're changing the dates, the day when they're doing it. Maybe. Um, it used to be like you watch five hours. Like it's not a commitment thing where you have to be there for five hours. It's mm-hmm. just we can go as long up to five hours. We generally get through about 10 or 11 episodes depending upon how quickly we get through everything mm-hmm. and how long of a lunch break we take. <laughs> sure. And so is this like a thing you do like on the weekends primarily? Uh, we do it on the weekday mm-hmm. um, annually. Um, whenever uh, whenever which day is available for our the, the leader people for the, the Ebor ma- members. Yeah, the majority of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's hard to kind of reach out to everybody with, you know, all of our busy schedules and everything, mm-hmm. but you know, trying to get as many people as possible. <laughs> and so um, if you're looking at like doing 10 or 11 episodes a week, that lets you get through because most anime are pretty notorious for being relatively short, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like you're talking like 20 something episodes maybe. So you probably get through series pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, it's becoming more and more common to see shows that are around 12 to 13 episodes, okay. some are even 11, mm-hmm. um, simply because anime is so expensive mm-hmm. to make. Um, yeah. It's just less of an investment to just make 11 episodes rather than 24, you know. And so we can get through quite a number of series. Mm-hmm. 
So do you? Uh, what other things do you do besides watch anime? I know we have a lot of anime conventions. I, I think mm-hmm. DaishoCon just happened. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I, I I don't feel like so. I've never been to these mostly because I feel like I'm not hip enough to go. <laughs> um, but so what kind of stuff would you do? You, do you like kind of go together as a, as a group? Um, and what kind of stuff would you do in an anime convention for people who have no idea what this is? In Anime Club, we go to one convention per semester. For the fall, we usually go to DaishoCon. That's in Wisconsin Dells, mm-hmm. and we take at least twenty people with us. And they pay um, the perk of being a student org is um, um, where student life pays for uh, a certain amount and then the rest of it is out of pocket. And that literally gives you a three-day pass and, and covers hotel hmm. rooms. So that's pretty good going as an as a org. Yeah. Um, and yeah, for three days, like you go to a convention, a, a place, a gathering where like the fandom varies from video games, anime, uh, manga. Um, yeah, like, like all that nerdy stuff. Yeah. All that nerdy <laughs> stuff. Like Our, if you thought anime club was crazy. Uh, conventions are, are, is the, uh, a bigger net. So I got to ask you, like, is there like a, uh, nerd fights? Like, do you have like people like, Oh, those gamers are here or like, Oh, the anime kids. No, are here. Like, no really. It kind of all blends together. Honestly. Sure. We like, embrace each other. In, in the hypothetical Venn diagram, there's a lot of overlap, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Definitely. Um, but I just, I, was, um, I, I just find that funny because there are like people like all oh, those gamers are around. It's like, no, no, no. Mostly when you seems go like there, it's online, but in person it might be different. When you yeah. go there, everyone's like, "You like the same thing I do? That's great. Come here, hug me, or Did take we my just picture." Become best friends? Yes, yeah, yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's how long friendships are made. <laughs> surprisingly. Um, okay, so what is unique and interesting about anime? Do you think because? Um, we'll come back around to this uh, because I think a lot of people have a, uh, a uh, perceived idea of what anime is, right? Mm-hmm. They hear anime, yeah. they think, yeah. okay, uh, dudes with spiky hair, um, you know, huge swords, unrealistic proportioned women. Um, <laughs> they, they, they think about this stuff. And uh, what, what appeals to you about anime? Because we can't call anime a genre. It's more of a style. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what specific- it's a medium. Yeah, it's a medium. What specifically about this is attractive or appealing that you don't see in other forms of animation for me it's a way of telling a story mm-hmm. um with the the origins of, of a way of storytelling the style the art and the um the influences of the culture too as well where um i, I don't know how to explain it. it's just i really like the storytelling of it and that allowed me to like be able to like open myself with wanting to connect with other people by telling a story Mm -hmm. and because of that that was like a jumping point of me to be able to like make that connection with other people that are a little different from me but we have a common baseline to go off of and that's how anime helped me Mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a very different feel i feel like than western animation that is for sure um, it's interesting because a lot of Western animation, or at least animation in general in the West, is more seen as like family friendly mm-hmm. or like, um, like maybe like comedy, but for like you know adults like The Simpsons or Bob's Burgers yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, like either of those two categories and not much mm-hmm. else. And anime, um, still being animation, but it goes into so many different categories and so many different things. Um, it's kind of a lot more like 
you know, Western, like, live-action dramas. Mm-hmm. And- yeah, because yeah, if you look at uh, anime, um, you know, because I, I, I keep up with, I'm not by any means as, as as hip to this. Like, my knowledge, as we'll probably talk about later, ends around 2006. <laughs> um, and so, but I know one of the things that was interesting is that you have a series that comes out, and okay, this series is a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, this series is a sort of historical drama. This series is um, a science fiction Western, or this series yeah. is whatever. And, and, and I think that's what's interesting about it because, again, like I think you said, I think it's very accurate. Most of that animation in the West is basically, okay, this is for kids or this is for, you know, comedy. That's about, about it. Humor. You don't see yeah. a lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's even a genre that's popped up in anime in the past decade or two called uh, Slice of Life, mm-hmm. which is basically just an episode of just sitting there and watching people just do things. Not right. even anything particularly interesting. Mm-hmm. In the grand scheme of things, just like hanging out and talking about how you eat certain foods or like (laughs) things like that. It's really relaxed, really slow paced. um, And there's nothing else really like it out there, honestly. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think like if there's a Western like Seinfeld kind of springs to mind. But I don't know if they like an anime version of Seinfeld would be pretty incredible. I think (laughs) it would be honestly. Um, So one of the things I find interesting is uh, kind of spinning off of that is uh you know, the the idea of the different genres and stuff, because there's some stuff that also just kind of defies description. Like, uh, mm-hmm. they've been there's been a series airing on Adult Swim fairly recently, and I've actually caught a little bit of it, um, Pop Team Epic. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> um, explain this concept, because to me, I feel like it's borrowing a lot from that kind of really absurd sort of Adult Swim-style humor, but it's being done in a very specific cultural context. Mm-hmm. Um, Pop Team Epic is a bit of a hard anime because to describe for it's, someone completely foreign to yeah. the whole culture because it's a very uh, makes a lot of very Japanese culture jokes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot was, of video. The one I watched, like there was references to Chrono Trigger, like a specific obscure reference to Chrono Trigger, mm-hmm. a Super Nintendo game that not everybody has played. Yeah, and even I wasn't quite sure about the reference at first until somebody pointed it out to me. Yeah, the the anime's made reference to a lot of things. They've referenced yeah. like uh, American horror films. It's mm-hmm. referenced like uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. I believe the band name mm-hmm, is called. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's fascinating. Feel free to agree or disagree with me, but like I think the running joke I have with that show is like like you mentioned, like that's where the young people go into is anime. Mm-hmm. Like it's like an anime of memes. It is pretty much just the meme. <laughs> That's the best way for me to describe and a meme. it. Anime. How about that? It, it's anime. pretty much the meme anime. That's best. Yeah. The best way. Yeah. Sure. Um, so, what are some of your favorite anime series? Because, like I said, I, I, I probably have not watched most of them. Mm-hmm. But um, I'd love to hear like what's what's kind of stuff is interesting. What stuff would you recommend, or like stuff that really speaks to you, even if you wouldn't necessarily recommend it for everybody? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Um, you basically <laughs> opened the box of Pandora. Sure. So I'm gonna I'll, like I'll, I'll hang back here. I forgot my water, but I'll just sit back. I I'll try to be as short as possible. Um, my favorite anime series is Sora Online. Uh, a lot of there's a mixed feeling of that where there's a lot of people who hate it and love it. I'm one of those people who love it, so that's my fandom. Quiet. Um, what I really like about it is I'm not much of a gamer, but the aspect of like it's the isekai genre where you're basically teleported into another world where uh, um, this main character gets stuck in an rpg like game and i'm not a gamer but it had like elements of like fantasy and i loved it the artwork the music is so beautiful i really truly love the concept that it has there with like in a virtual world like the world building of it 
there's still some things that just can't replace reality. Mm-hmm. And and the idea of like like I said, like if you die in the game, you die in real life. How, how does the line go? If you die in the game, you die in real life. Yeah, she, she, that was that was your mic check, as I <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> Um, so okay, because there is a lot of parallels, and uh, and we can come back to this. I think that you know the idea of like sort of cultural transfer of borrowing one concept and like using it in different ways. I think you see um, you know more Western media borrowing from anime, but also mm-hmm. anime borrowing from Western media. That is you know the idea of dying in a virtual world means you die in real life. That's such it's become sort of this trope. Like we see it in the Matrix and other things like mm-hmm. that. But it's like become sort of this thing. Like you know uh, every time somebody goes into a virtual simulation in, in a show, they're like, oh yeah, if you die in here, you die in real life, even if it's being played off as a joke, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but what does Sword Art Online do with that that's different or kind of makes it special? Um, for me is the fact of like, kind of like what I touched upon is like, this world looks so real. Uh, like it's like an escapism, but these people that are trapped in this world of, in this, in this virtual world, they want to come back. Where if you die in the virtual world, you die in real life. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or how does it go again? Uh, if you die in the, ga- if I die in the game, I die in real life. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's uh, it's what? the progenitor, honestly, of the isekai genre, which you mentioned. You keep saying yeah. isekai. What does that mean? Uh, other world. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's literally what it means. <laughs> yes. Um, just the fact of like they're stuck in this virtual world for two years, and like it eventually almost becomes like. Um, their new reality where like mm-hmm. they don't want to because they're stuck there they're losing hope of like yeah like um, we're probably never going to go back like we're just going to stay here because it feels so normal to us now mm-hmm. but you know there's still people fighting wanting to beat the game so they can come back mm-hmm. and with the two main characters we meet like we're rooting for them so much we're like yeah we want you to meet in real life and be together so they're together in the game but not in real life mm-hmm. okay completely separate Physical sure. location. If yeah. they date in the game, they date in the game. <laughs> <Really? laughs> um, So, okay, that's interesting. Uh, what, what about, what's one of yours, Jake? Um, my, one of my favorites is uh, an older show, actually. It's called The Melancholy Haris of Haruhi Suzumiya. Okay. Um, it is an older show. It's a very... Now, when you say older, because I always have to calibrate these things, because, you know, you guys are younger than me. <laughs> so I'm like, do you see that old movie? You know, so, yeah. Um, Fight Club? It, it, it has, like, an older style drawing. It, well, like, it started like, what, like whereabouts? 2000, 2006 was when the first season aired. That's not the that old. Yeah, it's not too old. It's not too old. Okay, my apologies. I retract that statement. It's the not that old. The second season was in 2009. The issue, though, is that um, it's in that weird transition period between, like, where anime was trying to figure out how digital media yes, works. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. I agree with that. And so a lot of anime in that time looks a bit wonky. Sure. Um, it's after that point where they've started to figure out, okay, this is how we get anime to actually look good mm-hmm. with digital media. So it's a lot kind of like trying to implement like the CGI and that kind of thing? Or? Yeah, okay. there's definitely that. And just trying to figure out like how to digitally draw characters rather than doing it um, completely by like hand-drawn cell sure. animation. So I, I have to ask about that because how uh, common would you say uh, that the CGI uh, anime is? Because um, I did watch uh, Batman Ninja, mm-hmm. okay? <laughs> Which is uh, that's probably the most contemporary anime thing I've watched, and uh, that I noticed was an anime, but it was done completely mm-hmm. in CGI. Yeah, and is that becoming a more common thing? Um, it is already very common, actually, to see CGI in certain amounts in anime shows. Generally, yeah. it's relegated to like background characters or just mm-hmm. small one-off little tiny things. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still a contentious topic uh, among like anime fans uh, all over the world as to like how much you can really incorporate CGI because a lot of people say it doesn't look realistic, it doesn't sure. look good, it's just kind of bad looking. Um, but the, it keeps improving, and there are definitely shows out there that are completely CGI, mm-hmm. such as Ninja Batman. Sure. Um, that have had some pretty decent success. So, yeah. and and do you think it's more cost effective too? Um, it is in certain ways, yes, because all you have to do is just just build the 3D model, and mm-hmm. you can just kind of use a computer program to move it around rather than just having to hand draw the movements every frame by frame. Yeah, so you build the model, you rig it, and okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's yeah. pretty similar to how you would do, you know, computer animation elsewhere in a video game or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, because, you, you know, I wonder if that, because you'd mentioned that anime is uh, often prohibitively costly, uh, you know, very expensive, mm-hmm. um, and I wonder if that might be just them kind of trying to switch over to that because you know western animation certainly has mostly abandoned the hand-drawn format in favor of digital animation flash that kind of stuff yeah yeah Mm -hmm. you know especially with like the simpsons for example i've been watching the simpsons since i was a kid and like there's a noticeable change in the animation and like the range of movement and what characters do Mm -hmm. once they go to the hd era because it would simply be too expensive to do hand-drawn animation at that scale yeah definitely and a lot of anime is still drawn by hand frame by frame Mm -hmm. um and yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about this idea of uh, borrowing back and forth. So one of the most popular anime, I would, I mean, and you can tell me if I'm wrong on this, but my, my read of the situation is one of the most popular anime ever. And usually the one that people recommend is, you know, if somebody is going to recommend you anime, like say like this is the gateway drug, right? It's, it's Cowboy Bebop, right? That is like the last generations. Yeah, see, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's... It's hard because um, Cowboy Bebop definitely was for like quite a while, and sure. then it turned into like Naruto or something like mm-hmm. that. And now Sword Art Online is actually becoming like the big new one to get people into it now. Like, yeah, if you don't know what this is, watch this. Yeah, yeah. basically. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Cowboy Bebop is good, but it's um, also a very, uh, it's a product of the time, I feel like. Yeah, that's the best way I would describe it, too. Yeah. My entire world is shattered right now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but but I think it's interesting because I see a common thread through all of these is that they do kind of borrow from concepts or ideas that would be more familiar to Western audience, right? So Cowboy Bebop heavily drew on like you know music like bebop jazz, mm-hmm. that very sort of sci-fi Western kind of thing. There's an episode that's literally lifting from Batman the animated series. Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh, Naruto. I feel like you know the idea of ninjas, but Harry Potter or Harry Potter but ninjas. I think that's a pretty accessible concept, it's very, right? Very very heaven. He- heavily action series right yeah very action oriented and i think sort of line like the idea of um you know virtual world yeah real life consequences is a concept we see a lot mm-hmm. in, in science fiction in general so i i, I th- what do you think about that idea about like just sort of the transfer back and forth of, of culture and ideas between um the the more traditional anime production and the more uh, like more traditional western media um it's a very big yeah, question that's I a guess. very that, like i'm trying my best to unpack everything um, sure <laughs> With, um, was the first part where, uh, uh, Western borrowed from East? Correct? Yeah, because, so if you look back, like, the early days of anime, right, like, mm-hmm. um, this is, it's, it's pretty well documented that, like, you know, Azamo Tezuka and, you know, the earlier anime, uh, creators were heavily influenced mm-hmm. by Disney. And yes. so part yes, of the reason yes. anime looks the way it does is because they were sort of aping the Disney style. Mm-hmm. Right. It was a combination of Disney and Japanese manga. Yeah. Right. Yes. So and, and so yeah, that um then of course over time you have Western anime or Western animation borrowing a lot from anime. Avatar mm-hmm. the Last Airbender, yes. um 
there's other shows that are, I'm blanking on right now, but um, I know a really good one. I, I was talking Boondocks or something. Boondocks, yeah. yeah, that was actually I think animated by one of the same studios that did a bunch of anime, um, even though it was a Western production. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one one I can really think about was is JoJo. That has so many references of what borrow from Western. Like I know some characters yeah. are based off of like of a an actor or uh they reference a lot of musical yeah music bands and album songs yeah i know queen shows up a lot we actually had um one of our guests on the show but when we're still doing the defend your fandom thing where you explain like a thing you're really excited about and then Mm -hmm. explain why it's cool mention jojo's bizarre adventure yes um it's it's a hard one to describe (laughs) and and so i'm just like sitting there agog and then if you want to go back i think it's episode like three or something Mm -hmm. like that um and i i'm just in there agog like i get these references but i'm just baffled by the concept <laughs> like it's it's strange honestly so so what is the idea behind because jojo's bizarre adventure i feel is one of the internet's favorite anime mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know if we're talking about animes as a concept i feel like jojo really lends itself yes. so i feel like i'm familiar with jojo's bizarre adventure not because i've watched it but because i've seen so many memes mm-hmm. um so explain what that concept is uh, to folks who have never heard of it jojo's bizarre adventure is is basically um it's a story of manliness and it's a story of, <laughs> honestly it is <laughs> it's a story of uh manliness and family ties and um constantly trying to um keep your family alive while dealing with this immortal vampire that has mm-hmm. become your mortal enemy for generations upon generations <laughs> i mean who among us could not relate yeah <laughs> Like the only reason why I like it so much is because it has that element of showing that I saw growing up. So like death tournaments, action, the, mm-hmm. the weird outrageous expressions. I'm like, oh, I'm used to this. Yeah. One it more. Has, it has a very distinctive style that makes it different from any other shows. Yes. The coloration, the poses the characters are in, the char- the way characters are drawn, honestly. Other they look an- very detailed. Other yes. anime actually reference it that uh-huh. much because of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my the bulk of my experience was there was a PlayStation One era fighting game oh. uh, that Capcom put out, and oh, I boy. I got it for like ten bucks at like a family video or something, and I was excited, but I'm like I have no idea what this is happening here. I do not know what this game is about, mm-hmm. but I'm enjoying it. I just don't know what's happening. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Jojo is it's something else. It really is a bizarre adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, there's immortal vampires. There's like supernatural weird abilities. Um, and it's variety of characters. Yeah. Would you say it's primarily like, is it, um, it's an action show. Is mm-hmm. it like, but is it more comedic in nature maybe than some, or is it just the strangeness of it lends itself to the comedy aspect? It's more the latter. Um, like I said, it has a very distinctive style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and just how strange and how just far out there that the show can get mm-hmm. lends very much to its popularity and very lends very much to, uh, where the comedy comes from and <laughs> why so many memes have come out of it. Sure. And I think maybe the, the way the characters are drawn has something to do with that. Too, yeah. Because sometimes like I can look at a meme and it's just a reaction shot of like a character. I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny. I don't really mm-hmm. know the context, but it's kind of funny just because like they're very serious looking. Yeah. It's um, it's a very serious looking <laughs> anime. Very exaggerated version of seriousness that kind of pokes at parody a little bit. Despite the sometimes not serious stuff they end sure. up in. <laughs> Um, so one thing I want to talk about a little bit is, uh, there, there's been a tendency, especially in recent years to take these concepts that are proven concepts, winning concepts, you know, shows that people really, really like, um, 
and try to find a way. So if we're trying, coming back to the idea of localization, right? Mm-hmm. One of the ways that companies have tried to localize these mm-hmm. concepts is they're like, okay, we're going to take this animated show, this anime, and we're going to make a live action version of it. So you have, of course, the Dragon Ball Evolution movie, which less said the better. <laughs> um, you've got uh, Netflix made a Death Note movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and they just announced they're doing a Cowboy Bebop live action show. And I think there mm-hmm. was another one they announced, but I can't remember what it was. Full Metal Alchemist came out recently. That's right. They did do the, yeah. but that. Was actually a Japanese film though. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Was, we watched that. That was weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Because like I said before, anime is still a niche market, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and live action is more able to appeal to a wide, broader a, range. the general audience as a whole, yeah. And so that's kind of what the idea is there, to, is to bring these anime things to the more general audience. And some are more successful than others. Yeah. So what is interesting is like, so I mentioned um, when the Cowboy Bebop news broke, I'm like, oh, okay, I think out of all anime, this one makes sense because it is a show that is predominantly like the characters are drawn in such a way where it's like, okay, I could see someone wearing that outfit or, mm-hmm. you know, the show is not super expensive or doesn't require such a, like, you know, the science fiction stories it tells are not so outlandish or so whatever that you couldn't do it on a relatively constrained live action budget. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I got just some rando coming after me on Twitter um, saying, like, how dare you? Your opinion's bad. You should feel bad. No anime should ever be turned to a live action show. And I'm like, you think I would have, like, offended his family or something? Like, I just, like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, and so, like, do you you think there is this resistance? Um, And why do you think there's this resistance? There is resistance to a lot of things. Yeah. Like. There's that the CGI stuff. Um, mm-hmm. There's still this ongoing debate of subs versus dubs. Yeah, so let's talk about that for a second. Mm-hmm. Before we, we can circle back around to the live action conversation. So um, you, you mentioned that there's like this push for kind of like the raw experience. Like mm-hmm. you want to get it as close to the original uh, airing or broadcast of that mm-hmm. show as possible, right? And so, like, for some people, it's like, okay, you, your first option is if you really want to get the most authentic experiences, you learn Japanese and you just watch the show as originally presented. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not feasible for everybody. Yeah. Right. No. Um, so there's the idea, okay, so we watch subtitles that are like English translations and, you know, there's a little question of like fan subs, right? Where, you know, people take it upon themselves to translate a show that has not yet come out yet. That's how I watched most of Full Metal Alchemist when it, before it hit like the actual mainstream mm-hmm. because, uh, it, you know, through <clears throat> Pirate Bay and stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not that I, I do not advocate that, by the way. No. Um, no. But, uh, you know, so it's it was weird, like the varying levels of quality and the subs and all that. But mm-hmm. so I guess the big question is, like, why would somebody prefer um, subs over dubs? And like, where do you personally fall on this argument? For me, it really depends. Mm-hmm. Um, sub, because it is the original content where the show was done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that kind of varies depending, like, who, which company took over to sub it mm-hmm. um, and then for dub um, right with the idea of keeping things pure like uh, some of the um, I think the dub they have significantly gotten better mm-hmm. uh, with the quality of acting with with their uh, staying closely to the script of the story uh, there's a lot of veterans that are uh, voice actors for the dub you know mm-hmm. that stayed in there and they are doing a really great job with the new coming stuff sure mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the the goal with subtitles is to try to stick as close as possible to the Japanese script, mm-hmm. um, even if sometimes it means translating jokes over or translating things that need a little bit of like an extra explanation uh-huh. because you wouldn't mm-hmm. get it otherwise. 
The idea with dubs is to still stay as close as you can to the script, but you'll have to make slight adjustments to match with the mouth movements right. and to make it a little bit more palatable for... The American audience. The American sure. audience. Well, yeah, I noticed when I watched the dubs um, of these shows, like, it is a lot of, like, the the pacing and the parsing of the words don't make as much sense because in Western animation, the words have to link up, right? They have to sync up to what the character's saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not really a concern in anime, from what I understand. Like, they don't really have this... I mean, they try, but it's, like, it's not quite, like, okay, if this feels a little off, we don't really care. Is that is that fair to say? Um, anime... In the original Japanese dialogue. Yeah, I mean, anime is kind of done in a different process. Sure. When they do all of the voice acting with all of the voice actors for the episode in the room together, mm-hmm. and they just go through the entire episode like that. Okay. Um, and at that point, it's just storyboards. It's not even like final animation. Okay, so the animation is done after the voices are recorded. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whereas for um, overseas dubbing, dubbing into different languages, mm-hmm. you already have the final animation. Right. The question now is to get what you're saying to match up with what's right. in the Right, okay, yes. I think that's yes. more what I'm getting at, so I apologize. Um, so yeah, so now the question becomes, okay, how do we make a sentence that kind of makes sense? Because this character's mouth is moving, they should be saying something, Yeah. Mm-hmm. right? And so something that makes perfect sense in the original Japanese, you have to kind of like find a way to make the language work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they would do things like in the old days of like Speed Racer and stuff, I think, where they would just add like weird little sounds mm-hmm. instead of like having the actual like words. They'd just be like, you know, they'd be saying something, they'd be like, aha, or something like that, right? Just to mm-hmm. kind of like do that. Yeah, that's become uh, a, a kind of a running joke in certain shows. There mm-hmm. is, I believe it was like uh, one of the characters in Soul Eater, his name was Blackstar, and he would say like Yahoo or something all the time mm-hmm. or somebody. Um, or Naruto itself would say, like, believe it or something all the time mm-hmm. because they just had extra lip flaps. They didn't know what to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Just have him say a catchphrase. Sure. <laughs> and so there was probably no catchphrase in the original one, right? Mm-hmm. But then we had to come up with one for the English dub. Yeah. Um, are there examples that you would say, I think that, because uh, I think by and large, both of you would probably mostly prefer subtitles. Is that fair to say? Like depends I said, it really depends. <laughs> it depends. Okay. Like, like um, if it's like, a show that didn't have any um, manga or wasn't mm-hmm. based off of a light novel, like it's its own original, then I would watch it because it happens to be available in sub, not mm-hmm. dub yet. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, I have no choice but to watch it in sub. Mm-hmm. Um, if it is available both in sub and dub, um, I actually will look into the cast for the dub and be like, oh yeah, I heard that person. Huh, I kind of know what they sound like. I wonder what they would sound like for this character. So mm-hmm. like, it's like a test trial. I'd be like, yeah. oh, this is really good. I, I like it. Or I'd be like, hey, I want to try the sub. And then I kind of like compare. I'd be like, mm, I think I like the sub more. Sure. Yeah, and dubbing dubbing takes a while to do. You can... Right. Um, the and I think it's mostly done in Canada too because they have like different rules about like unions and all that, right? Canada and Texas, yes. Yeah. There really yes. is not much in Los Angeles because of the unions, like right. you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and dubbing takes a process. You can like pound out a subtitle episode in like hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's a hectic and kind of fast paced thing you got to do, but you can do it, and you have a subtitle episode ready, like. Mm-hmm. almost immediately after it came out where dubbing takes a couple weeks sure so sometimes sub is the only thing you got yeah <laughs> yeah and so do you think that um some of the times too it might just be how you see the show first 
Yeah. Um, because mm-hmm. I could tell you from my personal experience, like I saw, you know, Trigun is my all time favorite. Yeah. I saw mm-hmm. the English version or the, 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 uh, the dub of that first. I can't, well, I've watched the Japanese version. It is weird. I can't go back to it because like, that's not how Vash sounds. Mm-hmm. That's not how these characters are supposed to sound in my head. And I feel like just like the, the English actors they got re- really just add a ton of personality to those characters. Cowboy Bebop's the same way. Um, in fact, I think that gets held up as an example. Like the dub is actually better than the sub mm-hmm. because of what mm-hmm. the actors bring to it. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I, like my wife is really into Inuyasha and like we've watched it both ways. Um, it is strange going back to the 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 uh, um, subtitles, even though it kind of makes more sense for a show set in feudal Japan or like a sort of fantasy version of feudal Japan to be in Japanese. Like mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. see it first with the English actors, you know, that's kind of how you prefer to watch it. Yeah. Do so you think that might have something to do with it, too? You definitely do get used to it one way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I watched Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist dubbed first. Mm-hmm. I tried to do the subtitle uh, episode once, and it just I these characters don't sound the same. I yeah. can't do it. <laughs> yeah, that's not Ed. That's not Al, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so like when they yeah, it's just it, I find that fascinating. Um, uh, for me, uh, the one that I thought was really well done in dub was Fruit Basket, mm-hmm. and that's what, getting what a reboot. Fruit, what is Fruit Basket? <laughs> fruit Basket. Okay, um, it's literally a story about. A girl happens to uh, a high school girl stumbles upon a family's uh, let's call the somas and they have a curse mm-hmm. where they turn into these zodiac animals when hugged by the opposite gender or under great stress. So she's the only person that that is uh, allowed to know about their secret and has to keep it. And she lives with them because uh, she's lives by herself. Her mother passed away in a car accident, so she started living in a tent in the woods and she happened yeah, to be right. she happened to be living on their land and and she's like i'm so sorry i can go somewhere else and then and then certain things happen where she ends up living with them and that's why she's able to keep you know, to stay with them but mm-hmm. has to keep their secret mm-hmm. and that's getting a reboot um to be a lot more closer to the manga okay because the original anime uh kind of strayed from that and that seems to be a thing that happens a lot um i know with full metal alchemist they did a revert uh, a reimagining a reboot of the uh, originals tv show because it was very different than the manga that was published and mm-hmm. so with a lot of anime being based on manga do you, is that a thing that you see a lot of or is that just like for only for certain series or are we seeing more and more of it it depends on the show yeah. um a lot of so there's a lot of long running shows out there such as like Naruto. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's one Boruto piece. Now. <laughs> In one piece, yeah, one yeah. piece is interesting because that thing. I think he said it was like halfway through where he wanted to be, <laughs> and it's over a thousand episodes now or something like that. It's like at nine hundred. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I was a little lost. It's there's still there. a lot. lot more to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, with those shows um, and a lot of other action shows, it's. Uh, it's a lot quicker to get through the same material in anime form than it is in manga form because oh, you yeah. have to have the mm-hmm. thought bubbles and mm-hmm. the whatever. Um, and so a lot of times the anime will catch up to the manga since they're both still going at the same time. Mm-hmm. The anime mm-hmm. will catch up to the manga and then the anime is like, well, do we just go off mm-hmm. in our own direction? Or do we do just we pause just for a while? Do yeah. we hiatus? <laughs> Yeah, because so manga in Japan, a lot of it's like uh, published, serialized as part of like larger magazines, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so it's kind of on the schedule of when the creator actually puts out the next chapter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like, you know, for those of you who are listening who are not familiar, like think of like George R. R. Martin with Game of Thrones, right? The show outpaced the books. And so they had to start making stuff up, right? They had to kind of like, and so that that happens a lot in anime? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that's what a show can do. Like a lot of long running action shows like No to or such are popular 
popular, mm -hmm. uh, well, um, infamous, I should say, for that, for these um, filler arcs, which sure. is completely oh made up stuff. <laughs> Because I had to wait for the manga. And then there's other shows like Attack on Titan that just paused while the manga kept going sure. so that they could come back to it later and keep doing let me, it. Let me talk about Attack on Titan for a second. <laughs> um, oh, boy. Uh, so I, I, this was like the, the It anime for a while, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my wife and I trying to be hip and cool and with it. Um, we watched it and hated it. Just like straight up hated that anime <laughs> um and and i wonder like part of it i i don't know where i'm going with this honestly but i just want to put it out there because like the concept is amazing yes mm -hmm. i agree murder giants attack and people run around zip lines with swords fighting them i'm down for, like 100 that's why it's got popular yeah. yeah but like just the the execution like there's a very not like a nihilism to it um where nothing kind of matters and everything's terrible and it's it's certainly not something you would see like Western animation do. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I wonder like philosophically, like is because again, you don't want to paint with a broad brush, but do you see like there's a, like a wider range in those kind of worldviews in anime too? There is definitely a lot of philosophical moments yeah. in anime as well, and some of it is very ham-fisted, sure. honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which is not, again, like most media is that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> Um, I hope what I'm adding makes sense or sure, is a sure. contribution to that. Uh, with my favorite series, Sword Art Online, mm -hmm. uh, Alisation, we're almost we're almost there because I read the light novels. Um, where what is a light novel? A light novel is um. I can, can yeah. Can you? <laughs> a light novel is uh, generally a shorter, easier to read novel mm -hmm. um, for the Japanese public because the Japanese language can be a very uh, hard language at times mm -hmm. with um, some of the more advanced characters called kanji out there. Mm -hmm. And so light novels are meant to be a lighter experience so you don't have to delve so deep into the Japanese So they language. tend to be a little shorter, that kind of thing? Tend, tend to be shorter, easier to read. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of those are pretty popular to make into anime as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. yeah, so I read further into the series and we're going to get to the part about AIs and whether they have rights and mm. stuff. It's, it's without spoiling too much, like there's going to be a world concept about AIs, like whether they have rights because um, they're using a technology of creating soldiers mm -hmm. that are AIs and they're going to be the ones that are going to be out in the front fighting in wars in the future. And that's a really interesting sure. theory, thought. So yeah, and that's that's very interesting. Uh, and I was I was trying really hard to be like, if they have rights in the game, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's but it is interesting. Um, and so I, I think with like what bugged me about Attack on Titan wasn't so much the philosophical aspect of it was that just everything sucked. It was just miserable. Yeah, and mm -hmm. like just they, the characters spend most of the time crying. I felt, and I'm just like. Like, just shut up and kill something at some point. <laughs> like, come on, man. This is not what I came here for. Yeah. I mean, different people have different tastes. Yes, what 100%. They like, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I fully acknowledge I am in the minority on this one. Yeah. I mean, like, Attack on Titan is definitely... There is definitely a lot more of sitting around talking about yeah. uh, more intense stuff than there is, like, action. There's definitely action sequences, mm -hmm. but oh, yeah. yeah. 
Um, but then there's other shows that are a lot more like, gotta kill something every single episode. <laughs> right, yeah, which is maybe more my speed. I don't know. I need, yeah. I need violence, constant violence. Or just having a battle for like six episodes straight so everyone can yeah. have their own monologue. Well, so that's kind of the, the running gag with like Dragon Ball, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, and so this is one of those things when we talk about the adaptation of a manga to an anime series. You know, it, it, and like, so it would be kind of like if we adapted an entire like 70 year run of Superman or something to a Superman movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because my understanding with Dragon Ball Z is they literally adapted the manga almost frame by frame. And so, like, that is why, because like, I remember watching when I was younger, and they were on this planet that was going to explode. And I forget which planet it was. It mm-hmm. kinda, it, I, I don't think it matters. Mm-hmm. And um, they were there, and so, like, you tune in, like, okay, they're having a fight, and the planet's going to explode any second. Like, it's minutes away from explosion. Okay, so I'm like, cool, I'm watching. And they're like, okay, come back next time and find out what happens. Okay, cool. And they're like, okay, we're still on this planet. Come back next time and see what happens. And so, like, this thing that was supposed to Did this to take, all happen like, in one minute? <laughs> It was like five minutes or something like that, but it took like weeks. Uh-huh. Right, right, yeah, right. and and that's the you know we, there's a concept in comics called decompression, right? Where you take like a story that really doesn't need to be that long, but you spread it out, and that's like where a lot of like Western comics have gone. Where mm-hmm. and you know we think in six issue arcs, so you have a story that takes six issues to tell, and so a lot of uh, creators in, instead of like coming up with like a bunch of story, just take one thing and then just like spread it out and have more dialogue and more quiet scenes and that sort of thing. So the events that would happen in, you know in the old days in one issue take place over six 12 etc yeah um and i, and I kind of feel like this was sort of like the antecedent to that in a lot of ways what do you think um kind of yeah i mean there could be a couple other like uh things as well they could just be trying to be as faithful as they can yeah, to the yeah. manga like you said mm-hmm. um they could also just be trying to preserve costs because uh, mm-hmm. it's it costs less to just have a character just sitting around and yeah, or powering or up or yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. stuff like that. And a lot of like than... just like slow pans, like you know, like I'm gonna get that Frieza or whatever, right? Like yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That costs less money to animate, sure, quote unquote that. Right. Um, but yeah, there's a charm to that. I think yeah, there really is. Like you know, it's, it's 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 easy to make fun of, but like on the other hand, like I just can't imagine it being any other way. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I mean, like, I, it's not something I would sit and watch, but for people who watch, like, I get it. I 100% get it. Um, like, I'm pretty sure, like, I, w- I would probably sit and watch every episode. Like, I've watched Marvel Netflix shows, okay? I know what wasting time looks like. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not above it, right? So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we've had a lot of, we've, we've talked a lot about anime um, and, and kind of, like, uh, you know, because the big thing is, I think, you know, folks who might be listening to this might be like, okay, they're their their kid might be into anime or some of them might be super into anime themselves and probably yelling at the the radio or the podcast or whatever they're listening to well they're listening to a podcast whatever however they're listening to it they're yelling at it um and and so like if i guess if you kind of had to like sum it up and just tell somebody so you know if you're explaining to somebody who's like okay my kid's really into attack on titan or bleach or um soul eater or whatever or sword art online insert anime here yeah and, and they're like kind of like i don't really understand this is this like you know what what would you kind of say like what just the pitch like what would you tell them like why what about anime is why does it matter and what makes it special or alternately <laughs> maybe another way to think about this is okay so if somebody didn't understand how this works you know, we talked about some, you know, gateway enemies, but like, what's the one, like, if you had a friend or a, a significant other or, um, you know, a, a family member who's like, okay, I know this matters to you. I want to find out more about it. I have no idea what's going on. What would you say, like, what would you have them watch? Like, what, if you could assign homework to the people watching this to say, if you don't understand anime, watch this, what would it be? Oh, boy. Hmm. 
That could be a bit of an intense one. Yeah. Oh, uh, boy. What is... Yeah, that's... <laughs> um, I did not write this one on the sheet of just, questions I gave to you guys ahead of time. It's, <laughs> um, it's just like any other sh- fandom. Yeah. You know, like, there's different kinds of fandoms. It's just like one of those where mm-hmm. it's something that's catered to a very niche audience. Um, the, the main thing about it is it's a type of storytelling media medium of with some with some infused with Japanese culture ref, uh, influence um, that could be about anything right slice of life sports um, romance comedy um, and it really depends on that person what they're interested in because there could be a story about anything about sure. someone that eats noodles right what well, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah when you mentioned sports I know it's like there's a ton of sports anime out oh there. yeah there um, is. and I, one of the most popular ones like I, I gauge a lot of the stuff by if I if I wander by hot topic at the mall what's out there <laughs> and, uh, and, and Yuri on ice for example is one I've seen that's a sports anime but it's also mm-hmm. a romantic comedy and also yeah. mm-hmm. uh, a gay romantic comedy if I, mm-hmm. if I understand yeah, correctly yeah. and that's something that you just wouldn't really see a lot in other media yeah um um, generally sports anime actually does not, it's a really tough sell mm-hmm. in the West. So Yuri and Ice and another show called Free mm-hmm. are like two giant exceptions to that. Yeah. Um, and then also an, an interesting thing about Yuri and Ice, actually going back to the topic we've had before about, uh, Western and anim- Western animation taking influence from anime and back mm-hmm. and forth type of thing. Uh, anime is becoming more and more, uh, globalized influenced by western uh media because western companies such as crunchyroll and funimation are actually getting more involved in the anime process as well Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like crunchyroll was a part of the production committee for yuri and ice i believe Mm -hmm. i'm not 100 percent sure but um so there is a lot more western involvement now in anime as well so it's becoming a lot more globalized than it was in decades past as well yes. and so that was definitely a part of that too <laughs> and, and do you think that helps to kind of like go back to that question we asked of like what's going to be like how would you get somebody into it like are we making just anime that's more accessible with more than one audience in mind now um i think it's definitely getting there uh there's definitely still some kinks to work out there is a lot of tropes a lot of things in <laughs> yes. anime the fan are... service question i think comes up a lot yeah, yeah. there's that um that and some other things that it's just like this is, it's seen as acceptable and to be kind of expected in the Japanese culture, but is nah, not mm-hmm. so much in the West. Mm-hmm. And so that type of stuff is still needs to be figured out, but it's there's more of a global process now. A lot more... Uh, out of overseas hands involved Mm -hmm. and honestly you know as we talked about the beginning like so much of it is streaming now so you could probably just hop on netflix or hulu and just say okay i'm gonna watch this and see where it takes me yeah yeah honestly yeah because i remember like you know back in the day like it used to be like if you wanted to get an anime you had to buy it one vhs tape at a time you had to go Mm -hmm. through a black market area oh yeah that was even yeah (laughs) but eventually like you know some malls would get like a sun coast video or something like that Mm -hmm. and then like okay so okay i want to watch dragon ball okay cool you're gonna buy an episode or a tape that's got two episodes on it and it's gonna cost you 50 bucks Uh Mm uh-huh i remember i came across this really old catalog uh, for a bunch of old shows. They did not recognize most of those names because they're just not around anymore. And it's just like 60 bucks to get you like 
three or something episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to get like six VHS tapes to watch yeah. the entire thing. That's the thing. It's like when I first watched Trigun, uh, it was on a, uh, I think it was like the first two or three episodes. It was on a tape that my friend made a copy of. And I have to assume that was the <laughs> only way that he was able to watch it too, right. because mm-hmm. neither of us had money. So it just kind of. So this generation, be grateful that you have these streaming sites. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we had to look through a tiny little computer screen. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I could only watch three episodes of this series before they say, oh, can't watch it anymore yep. <laughs> yeah that was uh so that's a really interesting uh one of the ways that anime has become really a lot more accessible is because of that yeah yeah you know, um it's not as easy now to sell dvds and that type of stuff mm-hmm. streaming is really where it's at yeah and once the internet streaming took off that's when anime started to take off too <laughs> mm-hmm. and so now it's I, w- I would say would you agree it's bigger than it's ever been yeah. yeah, it really has been. Certainly in terms has. of like mainstream uh, acceptance and importance, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So any last thoughts or anything else you want to talk about? Uh, anything we haven't covered or anything? Like if you're saying, okay, I'm thinking about like this is my chance to explain my <laughs> fandom to the world. Um, what would be something like any last thoughts or things you want to cover? Um, anime is life. <laughs> <laughs> um, like like I, I kind of mentioned it before, like I just really love anime because it's a way of storytelling and you can tell different kinds of stories and that's what's so great about anime is like uh, creators can write anything that could become a possibility of an anime and there will be a niche community that will watch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, people just talking or, or some girl that really loves eating noodles um, going you, into another There is world. an anime that's just about eating noodles because you yeah. keep mentioning yep. it. Yeah. What is the name of that anime if people want to watch it? Okay. Miss Koizumi-kun loves ramen noodles. All right. In every <laughs> episode, she eats a different kind of ramen bowl. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I... I I love everything that goes into it. Music, the characters, art styles. Uh, there's just so much that goes into it. Story, plot, philosophy that goes into it. And it's all in one package. And you can like just lose yourself in X amount of hours of like, God damn it, this is so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anime is a very unique and different thing out there. Um it's even from the ground up, like built, produced differently from Western media, honestly. And so it's going to be a very different experience from what you're used to. Uh, but it's a cool one and it's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, there's a lot out there to enjoy. Even if you don't like action stuff, there's a lot of other stuff out mm-hmm. there. Um, you just got to find the right type of tea that you like. Yeah. You I have, or I've, the right kind of noodles. Mm-hmm. Or noodles. Noodles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have I have had friends who do not watch action anime like mm-hmm. at all, and that's kind of like like you said before, like when you think of anime, you think of like spiky hair yeah. and big swords, things like that. There is a lot more to anime than just that. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, and definitely. there's people who don't even ever touch that type of stuff right. because they mm-hmm. just don't like it. <laughs> there's a lot out there. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, well, uh, Jake Singhee, thank you very much for coming by. Very much appreciate it. Anything you want to plug or anything before we go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Twitters or anything like that. If you, if you folks um, want more thoughts, more of your thoughts on anime. Uh, well, my Twitter is Jake Bird. I talk about uh, it's spelled J A Y K E B I R D. Um, 
I talk about all kind of random weird things. Don't really expect anything coherent half the time, but right. you know, um, I know quite a bit about anime. So if you got any questions, you can send it over. All right. Um, okay. Um, I just started a Twitter, so I'm my handler is at Heart Anime Fourteen. <laughs> Yeah, that speaks so much about me. Um, yeah, um, I, I'm still relatively new to the Twitter world, but yeah, I, I would. It's, I, it's I, fun. Yeah, it's fun. I, I'm following a lot of manga artists. Uh, I'm following sort of online many different people with that. I'm following Jake Bird as well, um, and uh, yeah, I hope to like work in an industry of anime or even do my own podcast for that so maybe i'll be doing that in the future so follow us then awesome yeah. <laughs> all right well thank you both uh sing tao and jake humpner um for coming on and talking about anime on serious fun we'll see you next time you just listened to a phoenix studio production the podcast network for the University of Wisconsin Green Bay. For more podcasts, visit uwgv.edu forward slash podcasts.